Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. A Saturday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming your way live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you want to buy a home or refinance your current home, Rocket can. All right, uh, bringing in a good bud. Uh, he has been a guest on my show for years. Shoot, he's my co-host many times on our sister station in New York, WFAN. Hall of Fame writer and, and voter, NFL author, and one of the best cover in the game over the last 20, 30 years. How many years have you been doing this now, Gary Myers? I lost track when I was not unable to count on my fingers more than uh, <laughs> <four> times. <laughs> Actually, my first year writing about the NFL was 1978, so it's been a while. Yeah, he's kind of got some experience, and we're going to tap into that for you. Um, uh, one of your great uh, books was Brady versus Manning. You're probably still selling copies on that one. Uh, and I was, as it was going down, Brady retiring and then coming back, I certainly thought of you. I said, I wonder what Gary thinks about this. He certainly got to know both Brady and Manning when he did the book. What of all that transpired after Tom walking away and then 40 days later desiring to come back? What grabbed your attention the most? Anything that either surprised you or something that you saw and you knew, well, well wait a minute, this isn't going to last? You know, it's funny. that's a really good question. I think now that we have the benefit of hindsight, I'm just surprised that he retired in the first place. Right. Because clearly he was torn, and why he felt compelled to rush into the decision I'm not quite sure. I don't know if he felt pressured because there was a story that had come out, I think, the, you know, the first weekend or so after um, they lost that game to the, to the Rams, and it says he's retiring, and then a few days later he comes out and makes the announcement. I, I don't, again, I don't know whether he felt pressured because people were just hounding him for an answer, but, um, you know, Jody, considering – it was 40 days later that he comes back and says he's going to play. He just would have been better off um, holding off and, and not making an emotional decision. That, that's what I really attribute it to is, you know, you go through the ups and downs and, and the, the mental stress and the, and the physical, um, uh, you know, just taking all the hits on your body over the season. And then I, I don't know if you ask a player a week after they lose you know, do you want to play again? They probably say, "Oh, I I can't do it again." I think that would be a natural reaction, especially with somebody his age. But if then you, if you hold off asking them, you know, for another two three weeks, can you do it again? They go, "Of course, I'm going to come back. What else am I going to do?" <laughs> so I think that's kind of what happened with him. And I don't know how much time he was spending at home and and realized. You know, even though he's got a lot of business dealings going on, that, that wasn't fulfilling enough for him right now. And uh, maybe realize he still has plenty of time for family time and he can still work in his day job, which obviously he's still really good at. So yes, I, I think it's great that he's back. 
every day that he plays now, uh, you know, he's kind of setting a new standard for excellence at that age. Understood, and you are 100% right. I would call the Bucks co-favorite in the NFC next year with the Rams. Rams beat them fair and square, beat Brady, fell behind, rallied, mm-hmm. couldn't get the job done late. The defense kind of let him down. How the hell do you let Cooper Cup get that wide open? But I don't yeah, want to get really. off on too much of a tangent. But uh, <laughs> the, the Bucks go from a maybe non-playoff team to back to potentially NFC favorite. Yeah, that kind of pressure's never bothered Mr. Brady, has it? No, and, you, and you're right. I mean, we didn't know who the quarterback was going to be. I was fairly confident it was not going to be Blaine Gabbert. Um, whether they would have got themselves involved in some of this quarterback movement that took place in the last couple of weeks, we're not going to find out because, you know, Brady did them a favor, especially, you know, with his timing, um, making the announcement on the eve of free agency. So not only did the Bucks not have to get involved in any of the quarterback transactions, but just Tom's presence back in, in Tampa, you know, is a selling point, I'm sure, for some of these guys re-upping and saying, why am I going to leave when if I stay here, I got a good chance to get into the back to the Super Bowls with any team, you know, that they could sign with. So he's always been a great recruiting tool for, you know, the Patriots and, and now the Bucks. So, um, yeah, I mean, when, listen, Jody, the, the landscape in the in the NFL seems to change on a yearly basis. And mm-hmm. I thought the NFC was a stronger conference uh, this past year. But now with, you know, all this quarterback movement going on, um, the, the AFC is just loaded with all the best quarterbacks. And I think the path to the Super Bowl for Brady, um, you know, just has a couple of, you know, bumps in the road. Uh, you mentioned the Rams. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Packers and their receivers um, in the draft. Obviously, they're going to pick a receiver pretty high, you know, most likely with one of their first two first round picks. But you know, I, w- I would put the you know the Bucks right up there with any team in the NFC for having the best chance t- to get to the Super Bowl, and it's strictly because you know Brady came back. Do you, I do want to ask you about some of that other quarterback movement, uh-huh. uh, the biggest name of which not to uh, to question Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson just shows up and plays well. Deshaun Watson's mm-hmm. got more attached to him. I'm not saying Deshaun Watson is better, but his story was bigger. And even the press conference that he held this week, which he held to his gun, said he has done nothing wrong. Number one, do you think the Bucks would have gotten involved? If Brady had stayed uh, retired, which we now know is not the case, but if they had, would Tampa have gotten involved? And has Watson and Chicago and Cleveland handled this uh, unveiling of the new Chicago Browns with uh, Deshaun Watson at their helm well, in your opinion? Well, as far as the first question, um, I never heard the Bucks mentioned even during those forty days that that Brady um, was retired as being a possibility for Watson. It was always the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons. You know, basically the NFC South, except for the Bucks, and then and then the Browns. Um, so I, you know that was a big price they paid with all those draft choices, and I don't know how many teams really would be willing to give up three number one picks, uh, especially when you have to figure that Watson's going to be suspended this season, that, that's my feeling just based on, on the history of Goodell with the personal conduct policy. 
that they're going to probably lose him for four or six games. And if they, if they don't, I'll be, you know, really surprised. And I think both Watson and the Browns probably figure that's going to happen too, which is why they structured his contract yep. that, uh, his base salary is only $1 million this year, the, the minimum. So that if he gets suspended, it's, it's based on his per game pay, which is, you know, one eighteenth of, of a million dollars. Um, so I think that, I think most people do anticipate he'll get suspended. Uh, the second question, how have the Browns handled it? Is that what you asked me, Jody? Yes. Um, wow. It, it, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in this opinion, but it really bothered me how the Browns and these other teams were just falling over themselves trying to get Watson, that they had all um, satisfied the asking price of the Texans, so then it was just a question of where Watson wanted to go. Um, he, he didn't, in his press conference on Thursday, uh, I mean on Friday, Watson did not you know, win a lot of uh, public support by claiming he had no regrets. And, and not, I understand he can't acknowledge any wrongdoing because he's got all these civil suits Correct. pending against him. But, you know, quite frankly, I'm not sure what he could have said to make it better for anybody other than a full-scale apology, but if he's claiming he didn't do anything wrong, he's not going to apologize. Um, the, the whole thing just kind of leaves me with a bad feeling about, I'm not saying that the NFL has got to be the moral compass uh, of this country, but he does have 22 civil cases pending against him for sexual, uh, or it's just called sexual misconduct. Um, and then the Browns give him a 200, not only, they didn't just take his contract from Houston, which was enormous. They basically ripped it up and gave him a new one. Five years, $230 million, 100% guaranteed, which is an NBA contract. So that can now have you know, repercussions on, on the NFL, if, whether this is precedent setting. But just the idea of, of this guy not playing last year because of all this stuff, um, as soon as the grand jury didn't indict him, you have at least four teams, you know, elbowing themselves for position to try to win him over. And then the team that wins it gets them because they've guaranteed $230 million. Um, it, you know, it's it just, to me, it's just, it's just flat out wrong. Uh, Jody, I, I know he hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been indicted. He's not going to get indicted, apparently. Um, so he's not going to get convicted of anything or plead guilty or have to plea bargain. And the worst that it seems is going to happen to him is he might have to financially settle these civil cases, although he says he's not inclined to do that. Uh, you know, the part of it, he could be suspended. But, you know, what a, what a country we live in that a guy can go through this and then get $230 million guaranteed. You got that right. Gary Myers, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio, talking NFL. All right, we know Watson had a key element to the leverage in this, and that he had a no-trade clause in his contract. Russell right. Wilson had a no-trade clause in his contract, so they could kind of dictate terms. I want to ask you about two guys who were traded, superstar players, non-quarterbacks, who didn't have mm-hmm. no-trade clauses, 
but yet dictated where they were going to be dealt. First, Devonta Adams in Green Bay. All he had to say was, you can tag me. I'm not showing up. And they went right. through it for a short period of time with Rodgers last year and didn't want to go down that road again. And when Adams got the deal that he got in Las Vegas, Kansas City was in the midst of trying to extend Tyree Kill. That went sideways. They said, we better get something while we can. So they turn around and negotiate with a couple of teams and basically uh, get the number that they want from the team that Tyree Kill wants to go to, Miami. When did wide receivers become quarterbacks that they can actually dictate where they're going to be traded to while still under contract? Well, in the last 20-some-odd years, the wide receivers have become these divas who are clearly the most interesting personalities in the NFL. You know, when you just think back to T.O. and Randy Moss and uh, Ocho Cinco or Chad Johnson, whoever you wanna, whatever you want to call them, um, the wide receivers have been the ones who have created all the drama. And the Packers didn't have the stomach to fight it out with Devontae Adams um, to, to stick it through the franchise tag they would have had until, until July 15th, you know, to sign him to a, a long-term deal. But he made it plain to them that he did not want to be there. The whole thing with Derek Carr that's not just for show. They are really good friends. And I got to know Derek Carr a little bit when I did one of my books. And he and, he and Adams are really tight. I mean, it goes beyond just two former college teammates keeping in touch. They, they are really good friends. And I know they always talked about wanting to play together. And then Carr winds up on, on Adams' favorite team. And he's got an opportunity to try to dictate things a little bit. And he wanted to go to the Raiders and the Raiders stepped up by paying what he wanted and giving Green Bay what they wanted. So, you know, in the long run, that might work out uh, for the Packers if they make good, make good use of the first and second round picks from the Raiders. But in the short term, uh, Aaron Rodgers just lost the best receiver in the league. And in, unless they get a rookie like a Randy Moss who steps right in or a Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, who stepped right in, and they were both initially, you know, superstars right away. I mean, how do you possibly replace Adams? I mean, the, the chemistry he had with Rodgers was phenomenal. And but if you know what, Jody, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for his contract with the Raiders, I think there's a very good chance that Hill's contract with the Packers. I mean, I'm sorry, with the Chiefs would have gotten done. Yep. they were making progress on that extension. Then the Adams contract comes in and. Drew Rosenhaus, you know, rightfully says, you know, well, that, that's the new um, standard that we want to, um, we want to attain. And, and obviously the, the Chiefs are going, well, you know, the, the Chiefs kind of have a history, except for a few exceptions, of not really going and giving third contracts to their players. And Hill's 28 years old, and they didn't want to make that kind of investment. And took the draft choices, but they might have got him signed, you know, for considerably less dollars than he wound up getting if there was a little more maybe sense of urgency to their dealings with Hill and they got the deal done a month ago. But by not having it done, then the Adams contract comes in and that becomes the new standard that Rosenhaus says, you know, that's what we want. And so that, that in, in effect, Devontae Adams contract cost the Chiefs uh, Tyreek Hill. And 
I, I know that there was the Dolphins and the Jets. I think both the Chiefs and Hill used the Jets. The Chiefs yeah. used the Jets to up the offer from from Miami, and Hill used the Jets to get Miami to give them more money, give him more money. So uh, the Jets were, were used here, but you know you got to take that chance if you're in New York and and make a run at it until the Jets become good. That could happen again until they become a destination. But it always made sense when I heard that it was between those two teams that he would go to Miami. I think he's got a house down there. And um, and quite frankly, at this point in time, and it can change quickly, but the Dolphins are a better team than the Jets. Yeah, I can't believe that uh, just knowing that I would be their biggest fan if they came to the Jets, NFL players aren't flocking to New York. I just don't get it. My, <laughs> shot, my schadenfreude is still very much in place that the Jets are used as uh, stalking ponies these days so other players can get other deals with divisional rivals, no less. I know. But, uh, I know. I, all right. I, I complain too much. All right. Uh, let, I, me get, let me just, uh, Jody, I just can tell you this. If Zach Wilson becomes a great player. There will be players who want to come to the Jets to okay. play with him. But when you, when you haven't made the playoffs since 2010, by far the longest streak in the NFL, it's hard, no matter how much players might like Robert Sala, and maybe the Jets are paying like a, a little bit of a tax to play players extra to come to play for them to try to help them turn it around. When it, when it comes right down to it, the money between teams if there are two teams that are really interested in a player, it's usually negligible. And in this case, there's no state tax in Florida. So Hill is, is, is making out well there. But I, I promise you, as soon as the Jets become really good, like they were for those couple of years with Rex, um, they become an attractive destination. But nobody wants to go someplace where they feel they don't have a chance to win. And until the quarterback for the Jets proves that he's an elite player, this stuff is just going to keep happening. Mr. Wilson better start to shine this year. All right, uh, last thing. Uh, you told me before we started, you are starting on a new book. You're uh, going to tap into one of the teams you covered. You've covered a bunch during your time as a writer, mm -hmm. but you are a giant writer for years. A New York Giants historical book. Give us uh, some of the details. Well, it's not so much a historical book as it is. Um, I would say I'm going to address the present day problem for players past, present and future. And that what happens when they get to 55 and 60 years old, uh, what kind of toll physical, mental, financial, uh, or physical and mental toll, and then possibly any financial problems they have at this point in their life. And so what this book is doing is, is taking the 86 giants who are the most popular of the four giant Super Bowl teams by far, um, with, Huge names on them, Sims, LT, the coaches, Parcells, Belichick, etc., Bavaro, uh, Harry Carson, Jim Burt, and kind of taking the reader on the journey through 86. But then the really, comp and I have great stories about the 86 season that haven't been written anywhere before. And then kind of transitioning to what these players are going through in their lives as they've reach their mid-50s and now early 60s, um, what kind of shape they're in physically, emotionally, psych psychologically, what kind of shape are some of them in uh, financially. And this team has stayed very, very close over the last 35 years. 
So there's some amazing stories in here of how they've taken care of each other. And um, Jody, I know people made my Brady versus Manning book a Times bestseller, and I'm, I'm so appreciative and grateful for that. But I promise you, this by far and away will be my best book because wow. the material I have so far is just going to blow people away. It is down the line. I will certainly have Gary on. Between now and when the book gets released, you can bet on that. Uh, we're going to have to wait a while for it. It's just in the blooming stages, but I'm also very much looking forward to reading it. Sounds like a great concept and looking forward to hearing the backstory you got. Gary, always a pleasure. Appreciate you coming on tonight. We'll talk soon. Okay. Uh, be well, Jody, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on, as always. My pleasure. Gary Myers, Hall of Fame voter, writer, author as well. Got a giant book, then and now book, back to the 86 Super Bowl and how their lives have turned out some 35, 40 years later. Interesting. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys. I'll do it now, 855-212-4227. Come back, reopen the phones here on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.